Welcome back. How's everyone doing? I'm okay. You're okay? Well, that's about as good as it gets over here <laughs> at 30, 30 Dirty, and Dying. This is the show where we talk about life, death, love, being oh. sad, and everything else. Mostly being sad. I'm Clarissa. I'm Courtney. And today we are going to be diving into one of our cheerier topics. I'm obviously kidding. That's not true. Our cheeriest. Our cheeriest. Just holiday cheer all over this bitch. Um, no, we're going to talk about how we're ill. I'm the illest. We're the illest. That's literally what I'm going to call the episode. Nice. I've had it in the back of my head for a while, ever since we talked about doing it. First things first, I'm the illest. We're the illest. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what it's like to live with chronic illness, how it's affected our lives at this stage, you know, getting older and having the regular aches and pains and bullshit from being an aging millennial and also having chronic illness and pain on top of it. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a it's blast. It's as fun as our chronic illness. It's going to be a blasty blast. Um, but I think and if, if it's based on anything that with our audience, we've clearly got some other chronic illness folks out there in the 30 D&D fam. So hopefully they can relate. So that's what we're up to today. But, you know, first things first. Back in time. All right. We're back in time. Courtney, where are we? Where'd we go? 2011. 2011. That was 10, 11 years ago? Almost. Oh, well, it's December. Wait, what is it? 22, 11? Yeah, 11. It's 11. Math. Okay, math. See, we're bad at this. Mm, how old were you? Don't know. <laughs> I know I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I know I worked at the theater. Mm-hmm. So I had to be over 16. I was 20. Hello. I turned 20. Okay, so I was like 17. Yeah. 16, 17-ish. Yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark of worlds. Mm-hmm. So we knew each other. I wasn't quite yet 21. Nope, but our, our love affair had begun. And so had our love affair with... Social media, which was still Ugh. in its its earliest stages, and we really, we sucked. I'm really, like, I'm looking through all of my Facebook statuses right now. Me too. I'm only in May. Uh, yeah. And I hate myself. I hate my, yeah, these are terrible. Um, This one, the ultimate test of a relationship is to disagree, but to hold hands. Yeah, you were all over the relationshipy Ugh. stuff. Like, I had multiple relationships that year. And you had something to say about all of them. I did. You did. You had, <laughs> you, had, you had monologues prepared for everything that you put out on the internet for us. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's terrible. Um, You're going to like this one because oh, I'm pretty me. sure this is a me and you thing. Ooh. I'm eating little balls of fire and titanium. One of the candies? No. It was, remember the cinnamon pretzel bites? <gasps> yes. Yes, they, we read the ingredients. Uh-huh. And the, was it the icing that had like titanium I in it? I think so. Yeah. I think so. It was good icing, though. I don't know. Why do we say fire? Because they're hot. Because we took them out of the microwave, probably. Oh, yeah. We did have to microwave them. I would just recommend, like, if anybody goes to a movie theater, maybe don't get those. I don't think they have them anymore. They've got to have cinnamon pretzel stuff. No, they just have regular pretzels. Well, those I would get. So here's the thing. Normal movie theaters actually use like an oven or like one of those quick like ovens we had one we had one but we didn't use it because we didn't sell them fast enough and it would just be a waste yeah and we didn't have time we had to we had to 
get in, get out, you know? So microwave it. What I really liked was that when we counted like the regular pretzel bites and the cinnamon pretzel bites, we counted by full or half box. So we could just go in and make what we wanted and just eat them without having to do inventory. Yeah, that was always great Mm because I ate the fuck out of those, the regular pretzels. Oh, yeah. That was my thing. And still is to this day. With cheese. With so much nacho cheese. Anywhere I go, I'm getting pretzels and cheese if it's on the menu. I don't care what else is there. That's what I'm getting. And it's a lifelong love affair that started at the movie theater. Cheese is the best. Cheese is the reason. Cheese is the reason for the season. The reason for the season. You can't have Christmas without cheese. I can't. Any, Any other cringe? Oh, it's I mean, so much, but it's anything so, you want to share with so the class. Bad. Um, so opposites attract. <laughs> I'm not going to. Don't read it. Maybe I... we'll record a separate. <laughs> and if you want to subject yourself to it, because that was something. Oh, man. I, I posted. You remember back in the day when you could post notes? Yeah. I posted this note and apparently tagged people in it. Um, just go on a rant about how um, I'm making a change in my life. And I'm with someone new who actually loves me and respects me. Um, And fun fact, uh, that relationship didn't work out because I went back to my ex. Um, So I didn't do what I said. But it was like, I I want people to fully appreciate what this was. I'm not going to read it either (sighs) because like that's a lot. But it was literally like five paragraphs. It was an essay about... (laughs) about your your terrible relationship and how it it really boiled down to the fact that you guys didn't have anything in common not that he was like a serial cheater and a terrible person not not that you guys just didn't like the same movies and that's what I made mean we it... actually kind of did it's fine you see my point you called the thing opposites to track you know so clearly that's what you thought the problem was uh, and um, the problem was way more than that yeah that's for so sure. many problems um and you wrote an entire thing about it and about how this new relationship was so good was it but it brought you to your old Courtney self I mean it it did I'm not saying it didn't but it couldn't have been that great because we noticed it it said a whole year left of the era of the terrible guy yeah you're right then I so back back in the day of Facebook right which some people aren't familiar with yeah we would do like um you have to how many likes I get is what I do so like I would do like Q and A's, like like my status for our Q and A, and like yeah. shit like that is really stupid. Um, but for this one, for every like, I'll do dear ex, dear girl I love, dear girl I hate, dear guy I love, dear guy I hate, dear best friend, dear um, I got him, and it's what was uh what was dear best friend? I know um, it wasn't me, but it's and it's it. not who I'm friends with anymore. That's because I'm the new sheriff in town. <laughs> You stick around long enough, you'll be somebody's best friend. <laughs> Dear best friend, I don't even know where to begin. We've been <laughs> How long is this? It's a few sentences. Okay. We've been best friends since seventh grade. We've had our fair share of fights a lot recently. But no matter what, we can't stay mad at each other. You know I'm not happy with the decision you've been making. And it's really hard to act like I'm happy for you, but I'll try for you. Shavonda, let's make... <laughs> Let's make a baked bean sandwich with mayonnaise, onions, and garlic. <laughs> it was an inside joke. No, I figured. What else could it have been? Um, I'm pretty sure those decisions that I was unhappy with is the reason 
why we are no longer friends. So fake being sandwiched, try as they might, wasn't enough. And the thing is, though, like, I was always here. And honestly, I still would be. Yeah. But I stopped trying so hard. Therefore, the contact ended. I got you. And I, I'm i in my 30s. Like, this is not high school. No. I'm not going to keep doing this. Well, that's like, the people who want to be in my life will be in my life, and I'm happy about 110%. it. 110%. Like, that's what's always so crazy to me about when we go through these old posts and stuff. <sighs> like, the mentality that we had when we were younger. I mean, yeah. high school, early college, whatever. But, like, to get so dramatic and so, like, dear best friend... Dear, for anybody to look at, by the way. Yeah. Like, the fact that we posted this stuff on the internet, mm-hmm. and someone could just go and be like, wow, let me read this five-page monologue about Courtney's ex-boyfriend. I mean, people commented on them. <laughs> right, yeah, they did. And they everybody got involved in everybody's stuff just out of what we were putting on the internet. And we were, like, manufacturing bigger dramatics. Mm-hmm. And it just, to me now, as somebody who is like 28 years old and has no one in my life on purpose because I don't have time for this shit, I can't fathom posting something like that and being like, yes. 12 people commented, Uh, dear girl, I hate. You were, you were, it was almost like cyberbullying without even knowing it's it. okay she blocked me okay well then it's not before, before i did that i just but yeah it's just cr- like i can't imagine doing that today no i'm never like if you and i got into an argument i wouldn't be like dear co-host and <laughs> can you can you please <laughs> okay let's do that as a joke <laughs> like let's do that dear co-host <laughs> dear co-host look out oh, <laughs> oh my god that's terrible i literally it's just it sucks it's it's where I can't I hate myself. Yep, same. No, I've got a few though. Um, one I posted this. I have no idea why. No idea the context. Wants to have a real life musical. This was another one of like the Clarissa wants like the the Mad Libs mm-hmm, posting mm-hmm. style. Clarissa wants to have a real life musical, which sounds terrible. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, listen. At all. I love musicals. Okay, so much, so much that Justin hates them. And I was like, I didn't know you hated musicals this much. And he was like, I didn't know I hated them either until I started dating you. And you made me watch so many that I now know that it is not the genre for me. Now, now are we talking like Broadway musicals or are we talking like high school musical? I don't like high school musical. Oh, I'm all, I'm all in this together. There's some of my favorites. Uh, Sweeney Todd. Okay. Classic. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. I've never seen that. It's I would wonderful. Like to. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Our Love Affair. Yes. It's where it all began. Um, I do love Hamilton. Big mm-hmm. fan of Hamilton. Um, I like Les Mis. I saw it. There you go. Yep. Jean Valjean. 24601. Um, yeah, I like a wide range of musicals. I'm going to see Phantom in January. That's nice. Because it's leaving Broadway in January. Wow. Well, yep. So my sister and I are going. Well, have fun. Yeah. But yeah, I love I musicals. Love but I also hate people. And I don't like conversations. Could you imagine if you like willed yourself out of bed to go to the fucking bank or something because you have to and you're just standing in line and the teller starts singing at you? I'd leave. I don't even care what I had to do. I was trying to think of lyrics in my head so I could start singing, but I'm not that good. (laughs) I like to stay mysterious like a black cat. Perfect for you. Why would I say that? Um, All right. I have this one that's differential diagnosis for resurrection. Go. Oh, Dr. House, you slay me. <laughs> no, I want to kill myself, Sorry, too. Sorry, I just had a hiccup. No, it was terrible. 
See, I sucked. I think I sucked worse, though. 2011 was a a harder year for cringy posts. Yeah, we sucked in different ways. You Mm -hmm. sucked because you were lovesick and delusional (laughs) about why you were lovesick and, like, really putting a lot of stake in guys and telling the world about it. And I sucked because, well, pretty much for the opposite of that. Just Mm -hmm. being a virgin and... (laughs) Not like being a virgin sucks. I didn't wear it well. <laughs> I didn't wear it well. Yeah, what a year. Mm, I don't want to go back. Nope, me neither. I want to, for, so for everyone listening that was close to me in 2011. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry for being who I was back then. I'm sorry for myself. And thank you for staying with me and still being my friend and watching me grow. Into a better person. On behalf hopefully. of everyone who knew you in 2011, myself included, and who's still here, you're welcome. Thanks for getting better. <laughs> but you know what I'm not better with? A disease. Yep. You're listening to 30, Dirty, and Dying. If you're in your late 20s and your early 30s and don't quite feel like an adult, but you certainly don't feel like a kid anymore, you may have found the right podcast. Every week we wade through our own existential crisis and figure out what life is supposed to look like on this side of 30 and relive some of our favorite memories from years gone by. We'd love to have you along for the ride, so make sure you follow and find us on social media at 30DirtyAndDying to keep up with what we're doing next. Which brings us... Love that segue. Love that segue. What a fire segue. Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, yeah, today we're talking about why we suck physically. (laughs) I'm like, uh, we just went on and on about why I suck personally. Yeah, no, this is just our, our anatomy. We're chronically ill Mm -hmm. and we talk about it a lot. We're kind of open with it. It's one of those things that we like to be direct and open about because it's, I don't think it gets talked about enough. I don't think it gets factored into people's life experiences enough, especially if it's not, uh, an illness. Yeah. A disability or an illness or, or whatever it is that like. This is the problem. Visual. It's not a visual. You can't see it. You like can't you can see look it. at someone who um, has like a really obvious physical disability. Maybe they walk with a cane or maybe they are in a wheelchair or something and you can see, okay, they have a condition. You don't know what it is, You don't, but they need something, right? A lot of people have chronic illnesses or disabilities. I don't know what counts as what, but something that um, you can't see, but it doesn't mean that it affects, doesn't affect their Day to day life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it can be pretty jarring to go through every day when you're facing like health problems, essentially every single day. And that's part of the reason that we at this age feel like we're dying. (laughs) Right. I mean, am I wrong? Am I right? Sit there and tell me that I'm wrong. Am I wrong or am I right? Am I right or am I right? Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary friends and it's part of the reason that it, it affects your outlook it affects how your day, your life goes and we wanted to just talk about it just get a little real about it well we know that you have crohn's disease yes courtney mm-hmm. uh it's a big part of our our brand oh yeah crohn's it has become a big part it's of my life big... so for anybody who who hasn't listened to our other episodes about like what that diagnosis went like give us the rundown we've talked about it before but <clears throat> Just in case somebody's new, new. we've got a, new, a lot of new faces out in well, the Well, if there's the any new faces listening to this as their first, go back. Listen to all of them. You should. Current listeners that have listened from the beginning, thanks for sticking with us. Yes. And continuously listening. Yep. Yep. Um, 
I've had stomach pains for years. Mm-hmm. And as a person, um, as a millennial, didn't want to go to the doctors. No, same. Because I'm just like, mm, I'm fine. It's good. It can be fine. I don't want to pay those bills, you know? Yep. Um, and But then it got to the point where I, like, couldn't handle it anymore. I'm just like, I can't. Like, I'm just, you know, crying all the time. Like, I literally can't eat anything. And I'm like, um, I guess this is the point. The first doctor I went to um, had to push back my appointment. I don't think I've said this before. I don't think so. So the first doctor I went to pushed back my appointment. So, like, in the meantime, like, I started taking probiotics, which helped a little bit. So when I went to see her, I'm just like, yeah, I started taking probiotics. It's helped a little bit with, like, the frequency of which I use the bathroom, but not, like, the pains. The pains were still kind of there. Right. Um, And she was just like, oh, well, probiotics are working. Just keep taking those. (laughs) This is going to be a big part of this conversation, I feel like. The going to doctors thing and what... And don't get us started about weight and doctors. Oh, that's a whole other problem. Um, but no, she did. I um, have hemorrhoids. Nice. So she sent me to a specialist to get those checked out. Okay. I went to the specialist, um, was not prepared for the feeling of which that was. Nothing good. That's my no-no zone. Okay. <laughs> um, and a nurse was in there and like, she's like, need a tissue? Because a tear came out. One single tear. <laughs> like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> oh my god, the emo album cover. We didn't know we needed. Um. Anyways, but he was like, "Well, you have a sign of Crohn's, but you are too young for that." I'm like, "Oh, you're the doctor. I'll trust you." Um. So that happened, and then four years later, like it, it, it got really bad again. Regardless of probiotics, like I just couldn't do it anymore. And this was 2020. Right. So, I. Got, I saw a different doctor and she was just like, okay, this sounds bad. So let's get you with like a specialist. Sounds bad. <laughs> and I'm just like, thanks for actually doing your job. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, so like my current, you know, specialist, um, we saw each other virtually because, you know, COVID. Right. Um, but like we met virtually and then like I had some lab work done and then I had a colonoscopy and he was like, yep, you got Crohn's. I'm like, Oh, well, how about that? I guess I'm not too young for that. Nope. That's, that's how it happened. That's how it happened. Mm -hmm. So that's one you touched on the doctor thing, which I so wanted to talk about because you go to the doctor more than I do every Um, three months. And I actually, I get an MRI, which I I think I talked about the last episode. Yeah. You mentioned you were going to get one. Well, con- well, good luck. Did you say congratulations? Yeah, also congratulations. <laughs> but that's, okay, so that feels weird, though, because, like, I know as somebody who, I don't have Crohn's, but I have some chronic stuff, mm-hmm. um, that getting what you feel like you need to get or getting answers, while it can be weird and scary, it also feels like a yay. So, like, it, an MRI sometimes can be, like, a congratulatory moment. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it does. It's, it feels like it's a, well, finally, well, something. This yeah. might help. This might I, make me feel better. I was so excited. Yeah. When, like, I finally got, like, the official diagnosis. I'm sure. And then I was put on steroids, which, ugh, I kind of wish I wasn't. But to, I felt normal. Mm-hmm. For the first time in years, like, not just, like, stomach issues that I had, but, like, my joints didn't hurt and my back didn't hurt. Right. And, like, I kneeled down and squatted and I'm like no pain 
And it was just the weirdest feeling, like, is is this what normal is? This is what it feels like to be, like, not to ill. Be, yeah. Like, I mean, the medicine that I'm on now, it's not as strong as a steroid, um, but it keeps the inflammation down, not just, and it's not, like, targeted, like, my whole body, the inflammation is down. So, like, my knees aren't as bad as they used to be. Like, my back doesn't hurt as much as it used to. It's, um, cra- it's a crazy feeling. Like, I, I cried. Yeah. It was weird. Feeling normal is weird. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that gets taken for granted an awful lot. Like, I have had chronic health issues pretty much my entire life, like, since I was a little kid. All the doctor stuff you talk about, I went through a lot of that as a child. Mm -hmm. And now I won't go to the doctor if I'm fucking on fire. I'm like, well, I'll take my chances. Well, that wouldn't be what you should do if you're on fire. You should see a fireman. I won't do that either. Oh, okay. Well, bye. Because they take me to a hospital and I don't want to go. Can I make s'mores on your back? Yes. Cool. I would prefer that you did. Okay, sweet. Um, Yeah, sweet. Uh-huh. Marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I I went through a lot of the hospital stuff younger and I know that it's, it's like a crazy experience when you kind of realize that you have never felt or you don't feel like you've ever been normal, normal. like or felt well. Because like... I've lived almost my entire life with some level of chronic pain. I've never like not been in pain. And then you hear that other, like there's that beam that goes around. that's like, doctor, have you been in any pain recently? Nay, not any more than the normal amount. The normal amount's none. Yeah. And then you're just like, what? What? That was my whole life mm-hmm. and still is. So I, I get what you mean of like the, it's like, oh, does this how everybody else feels, feels all the time? And is this why they don't understand why I'm not doing the same things or feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because um, that's that's something that I've noticed. People just don't get the day-to-day aspect of living with a, a chronic illness. Like the pain thing, right? Having a lot of inflammation. The exhaustion. Yeah, the exhaustion or the mental factor. Like being in pain or having like a feeling you can't fix something like in your case like you said you, i can't yeah your stomach issues though like no matter what you did no matter what you ate no matter the probiotics none of the stuff well not just that but like crohn's is not fixable no this is my entire life now yeah which get puts me spiraled sometimes because i'm just like i'm gonna have to pay for infusions for the i'm only 30 yeah. or 31 like this is the rest of my life yeah and that's probably why i don't want to live that long because that's a lot of debt tell me about it my infusions are 20 grand a piece. That's crazy. And I get them every eight weeks. Yep. Every eight weeks, 20 grand, but with insurance is anywhere between six and $800. Still though. But it's still out of pocket. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's so much. Um, for the and, rest of my life. Yeah. Forever. Mm-hmm. And it's like to think about all the little things too. Like I'm going to have to worry about this. Forever. I'm going to have to make sure that if I don't take this or if I don't eat this or if I don't want forever, forever, that's daunting. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't have the, with, um, dietary stuff, but with a lot of like the pain or like the, I take an inhaler, I have asthma. I've had severe asthma my whole life. And for everybody who's like, it's cause you're fat. No, it's not. I've had it since I was, well, I've always been kind of fat, <laughs> but I've had it my whole, I started getting it when I was like seven and it's ebbed and flowed. I have an inhaler. I just went and got it picked up the other day. It went up in price again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I paid it out of pocket, which I've had to do before, um, it's like $300 every month. I need one every single month. Uh, and then- Living? 
should not cost. It cost I, with my insurance. It cost me sixty five dollars this time. It was around fifty. It went up. So every month I have to pay fifty bucks to breathe to breathe properly. Which just to breathe or not to breathe. That, that is, is the, the question. question because there are days where I'm like. I know I can't, it's going to be tight if I do the, even with the copay, even whatever, Mm -hmm. it's going to be tight. I'm going to wait to get it. And then I'm kind of putting myself at risk to not, you know, breathe properly. Mm -hmm. And I'm popping over the counter stuff like a meth head because I, you got to be practical about it, but it's a weird thing to have to be practical, practical about Mm -hmm. like your comfort and health and well-being because it costs too much money and because you have to do it every day like i'm like it's this constant reminder of like okay cool so if i don't go and pay at least 50 bucks usually closer to 100 i'm not going to breathe properly and i now i know what it's like for normal people to breathe and uh. (laughs) but i also have like a pill that i take every day right And that I originally was getting like a three month supply, but then my insurance changed things and it's only one month, which is more expensive. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. And it changes because based upon like where I'm at in the year of insurance. Yeah. Because if it's at the beginning, it's going to be more expensive because I have less deductible and all that crap. I'm already paying money for insurance. Stop making me pay more money for insurance. Don't even get me started on that. But that's something that we have to worry about. Like, I've had times where I've, you know, I've bounced around jobs like it's like crazy. And I've done that for a lot of my early 20s. But every time I did that, I had to worry about like, if you're, I need to have insurance because I need to be able to get inhalers Mm -hmm. because I need to be able to get, and at bare minimum, there's a ton of stuff I should probably have medication for that I don't because I don't want to go to the doctor. And because, and this is where the doctor thing comes in for me, I am not convinced how much they could do for me. For what I, I have arthritis and I know. Same. Yeah. So I've had arthritis like presenting symptoms since I was about six, which is crazy. Yeah. It's rare. It's super Ch- rare. Child arthritis. Juvenile arthritis. Oh yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't call it child arthritis. Child arthritis. <laughs> Um, but I, I have psoriatic arthritis, so mm. it's connected to psoriasis, mm. which is the skin thing. Yeah. And so most people get the skin thing first and they get it in their mid twenties, early thirties, and then they may or may not develop the arthritis later. I developed the arthritis first mm. at like six years old, which is, I looked up the rate of like different kinds of juvenile arthritis and what, and it's like less than 15% or something of kids who are special. I'm fucked up. <laughs> this is one of the reasons I'm, I'm curious about having a, a child biologically. Like if that happened, what's going to happen to them? But yeah, I, I had that. And then I've had it. It's just continued to get worse my whole life. And then I got the skin condition after, but it still happened hella early. I think I was like 18 mm. and the skin thing started happening. But I, I have a lot of pain. I would say like every day I have between really good days, I have at least a six mm. on my pain. Really bad days, like a 11, 12, 13, like over the edge of the scale. Yeah. And it's just continued to get worse my whole life. But it's always been there and it's always been pretty severe. And but I know because I've went to doctors my whole life as a kid and they didn't do anything for because they weren't going to give a kid painkillers. No. Um, I mean, they gave me some, some like 
extra strength Tylenol and stuff when I was like a real little kid. It was grape flavored. Cool. I just remember that. <laughs> they were like, this will make your legs feel better. It's like sick. Grape. Grape. That's grape. Ah. Ah. It's like, you're too young for this. So I'm hesitant to even go and get, try and get medication because for what? They're going to be like, do you, have you tried stretching? I was going to be like, have you tried losing weight? Yeah, that too. They're, and again, I was six years old, you know, and it's grown. I'm not saying there aren't parts of being like a certain, um, having a certain like physical health that helps or doesn't help or whatever, but I've had this my entire life. Like yeah. it's not. Because I'm fat now. It's it's always been there and it's always been about what it is now. If anything, I would just put it to I'm older now and my bones are just dis- disintegrating at a faster rate because I'm older. I have to assume, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how arthritis works. I don't... Uh, every, every kind is different. But a lot of people... I feel like are starting to understand as we're getting to this age, right? I have more friends who are like, oh, my back. Oh, my neck. Oh, I got to take ibuprofen. Oh, this, oh, that. My neck. My, my back. <laughs> um, but more people are getting it to that level of having aches and pains. But just like multiply that, multiply that by 100 and you'll get. And that's where we're at. Somebody who has a chronic illness or a chronic pain t- condition. Well, people can't understand pain that they don't feel. Just like physical or emotional. Right. Like, I can't begin to understand your depression and the feelings that you feel because I don't feel those feelings. Exactly. And exactly. it's like, some people can't understand a death because they haven't been through a death. And by golly, I have, you Same. know? Although I don't deal with it the, the way normal people deal with it. So here we are. That's normal, you know? It's just, it's it's hard to, like, you can't fully understand what you don't have or feel. True, but I think that you can... If there's, you if can there's, be understanding. You can be more understanding. Yeah, I feel like I don't know if you get this much, but I feel like I get a lot of the uh, like post-it note advice when you try to be open in regular conversation. Like, oh yeah, I've been in a lot of pain recently. It's really got me down. Have you tried um, manifesting? <laughs> have you tried manifesting? And it's like, have you have you tried being a little bit more positive, Kimberly? Have you tried shutting up? Like I, <laughs> but it's not. I think people just assume we don't do anything. Like, we just lay around and waller in our... our Self-pity? Yeah, and that's not, I mean, I would like to. Yeah, but I don't... I can't... I mean, there are days, but everybody should have days. If you're always like, let me look on the sunny side, eggs, bride of, side of life, but... I'm an over-easy gal. <laughs> I'm scrambled. <laughs> but no, I think people just think we don't, like, try to feel better or anything. And it's like, dude, I have a freaking yoga wheel. I stretch. I've been... Doing the stupid happy baby pose every day for like two weeks, trying to get my fucking hips to open or something. I'm doing stuff, but I have medical bills telling you that I have tried. Yes, yeah, it's like I take stuff over the counter, I try things, I do all kinds of stuff, but it doesn't erase that I have a condition. Like that might make you feel better if you just had like a rough night, but I'm having a rough life, <laughs> and it's not gonna fix it. Yeah, they're not saying don't try things, don't do things that might make you feel better, certainly. And I I think it's just like a reaction that we just naturally have to try and like come up with a a way to fix something. Yeah. So like when people like come, I know for me personally, when people come for even just to vent, I'm in my mind trying to think of ways to fix them. Yeah. And not 
because I don't think they're already doing it, but because I want to help. Right. I do that all the time with, with like Justin. He'll be like, I had this and this. And I'm like, why don't you try this? And why don't you try this? So I get it. I yeah. think it's the same thing. Like you're saying, it is a natural reaction to have, but we do have to realize that everybody's different, different. and everybody's life is different. Like what helps you not have your knees hurt might not help somebody who has really severe inflammation mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. It's just something that I think people should consider. You're listening to 30 Dirty and Dying, the show where two sick, sad millennials, who just happen to be best friends, talk through life on this side of 30. Find us on social media at 30dirtyanddying to join the conversation. Now back to the show. Videos that circulate on like social media and like TikTok and stuff like that of people that are parked in like handicapped spots Mm -hmm. that don't have a visual disability, but have a a physical disability. Yeah. So like when they go back to their cars and people are just like, oh, why would you do that? You're taking the spot. Why do you have that? I mean, I have a disability. Yeah. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Right. You never know. Yeah. It, it could it could just happen and people could like eyeball and be like, uh, why I've are literally you like seen that? videos where people like literally come up and have conflict. Like, yeah. They, you like, shouldn't. they run up on the person who's driving the car and is like, what are you doing parking in a handicapped spot? Why do you need that? Tell me why you need that. And it's, it's none like, of your business. No. In what world is it fine if to run up to somebody? If they have a parking permit, if they have that handicap sticker or signage, they have it for a reason. Yeah. Leave them alone. Like, in what world is it fine to just run up to somebody and, and be like, tell me about your medical history. Like, that's crazy Ask to me. me about my Lita. <laughs> yeah. And why it doesn't work or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So next time someone comes up to me, like, why are you parked here? Be like, show me your dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why I need this. And you, you tell show me, me. Show me your small pee-pee. Tell me why you need that big lifted truck. <laughs> um, yeah. If it's none of your business, stay out of and it. And it's none of your business. Like, I think open <sighs> dialogue and conversation is good, but it has to be... The person giving it to you. Yeah, like we're, we have chronic illnesses and we wanted to talk about it. That doesn't mean that you can run up to anybody you know who has Crohn's and be like, what are your shits like? (laughs) It's not the way. Maybe just listen or be respectful. Mm -hmm. Everybody's different and everybody's lives look different. And like everyone's with Crohn's can be different. Yeah, like my dad has Crohn's and... His, when you told me what you did, I was like, that's insane. Cause he, he's never had that level of treatment. He's mm-hmm. taken medicine and had different things, but it's never been that severe, I guess. And I don't think I have it as severe as some people. Don't some people need bags? Colostomy bags? Yeah. Yeah. Some people like need like surgery and like, I mean, at some point I might, but at this point I don't. Would it all just be surgery like colostomy? Ba- How do you say that? Colostomy? Colostomy? I yeah. keep. I keep messing it up in my brain. I mean, brain I hole. wouldn't imagine that I would need a colostomy bag yet. I okay. can still poop. Good for you. Yeah. Congrats. I, I think it would just be dependent upon what they would need to take out. Oh, yeah. Don't they like cut out parts of... Yeah. Super inflamed or what? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I, I mean, I don't know either. I hope at one point I don't need a colostomy bag. But I mean, it'd be cool, I guess, because then I wouldn't have to like poop. It just happens. You could make a fun little pouch for it. Yeah, I could like decorate it. Yeah. Yeah. But we, then, would it stink? Like, if well, I'm walking like around? an outer... 
Yeah, but the bag, would I, like if, if poop's coming out into the bag and I'm like out in public, would people see or smell? I don't think so. I think they, I mean, they would see if you didn't put the bag in another bag, if you didn't bagception. But <laughs> I don't think it would, sm- I think they probably make it out of a material that. Is not smelly. I would assume. It's not like a Walmart bag. <laughs> yeah, no. Can you imagine? Well, this is what your insurance approved, so. <laughs> My insurance would sh- approve a Walmart bag. You're ready to shit in this store bag, okay? Oh, man. Yikes. Well, I wanted to talk more, especially with you, about the medical experience. Like, what is it like having to go and see the doctor as much as you do? And what are, like, the biggest... It's really annoying. Yeah, that's what I want to know about. And what are, like, the biggest drawbacks or, like, obstacles you feel like you hit? Like, the, I'm, you're too young, so you didn't get diagnosed for four years. Like, that kind of stuff. The biggest obstacles that I've had so far is just the doctor's office. Um, Okay. Not communicating things that need to be done. So, like... I need my medicine refilled, but they didn't like put in that prescription or I need my infusion, but they didn't put that prescription in. They didn't like authorize it. And I'm like, yeah, there's so much like bureaucratic to deal with when you're dealing with like medical stuff that is time consuming and is energy consuming and is super annoying. And like I have um, every three months I have like a physical like doctor's appointment, like checkup essentially. Um, which is annoying because like I go in there, I have to pay that $40 copay. I'm in there for like five minutes. He's just like, do you have any pains? Are you still doing well? Have you lost some weight? Um, checks, touches things, pieces out. Yeah. I'm like, cool. I paid $40 to see you for five minutes and then I'll see you again in three months, pay $40 again. Yeah. It's like. Why do we have to do all this? But you do. Back in like COVID times before he like physically like met with me, like it would be like a literal, I'm on the screen in my house, like on like FaceTiming him and I got billed $40. Yeah. I'm like, we talked for five minutes on the phone and you're billing me $40. Yeah. But I want to do telehealth all the time because I hate the the doctor's office stuff. I hate going there. I hate having to sit there. I hate when they weigh you and they ask you all the questions and they, they're like, oh, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's just, I hate it. I hate it so much. The telehealth was annoying, but at least it was like on my terms mm-hmm. and I didn't have to have somebody like. The last time I went physically to the doctor's office I have like what white coat syndrome, I think oh, is yeah. what they call it. When uh-huh. is you have like an actual fear yeah. and phobia of being in hospitals and doctor's offices. And they put the thing to measure my heart rate mm-hmm. and it was so high that they were like, they, they went ahead with the appointment. It was fine. Um, I mean, it was a terrible appointment, but that's neither here nor there. And then they put it on again at the end to like give me the benefit of the doubt. Uh-huh. And it was still super high. And they made me sit there for like 20 minutes because they're like, we can't like legally let you leave because if you walk out and drop dead, that's a liability. And it honestly looks like you're about to have a heart attack. And I was like, but I'm telling you, if you let me go, it's all going to be cool. (laughs) It'll go down. I swear. It's because you're keeping me here. I hate it so much. So it really sucks that I'm chronically ill. And hate doctors. Yeah. Luckily, it's nothing like that requires a lot of treatment like Crohn's. But I do think telehealth and stuff has been good 
in the grand scheme of like for people who have more chronic stuff, but who don't want to have to run to the doctors every five seconds, like for those kind of maintenance appointments, I think it is helpful. Do they charge you $40 every time you do it? 35 Ugh. But still, I mean, it is a little less, I don't know. Do you think if I like telephoned into the ER, they charge me $100? Hell yeah. The Ugh. ER would, would, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> but no, I do think stuff that can make care more accessible is good. So... Telehealth. Yeah. You know, you know, it'd be great. What if uh, we all just had healthcare? That universal too? healthcare would be great. Like, That's and this lot. is t- like I didn't ask to be born. No. Okay, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't ask to be on this earth, and now I have to pay to live. Yeah. And that's bullshit. I've specifically asked for the opposite a few times. <laughs> you know, and no one's listening. No like, one's answering the phone. And I'm just like, like I make jokes about like, I mean, if I just die tomorrow, like, and I'm just like, oh, you don't feel that way. I kind of do. It honestly, I think, yeah, it does it just, affect your, your outlook and you're like. Because I never used to be like this. No, you were the most sunny, bright, unless you were like <laughs> with a boy. <laughs> but even then it was very dramatic. It wasn't just like, I want to be dead. No. Yeah. And was, I didn't even like, uh, yeah, I went through like the worst breakup in the world, but like I still was fine. Yeah. You were still you and pretty peppy. Ugh. But no, it does affect your mental health though. It really does. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a lot of consideration around the fact that like, like you said, you're grappling with the fact that you're going to have something forever. You're grappling with the fact that it it's depending on what conditions you have, it does affect your life expectancy, your quality of life, all things you have to consider. And it's just, I don't know, man, you try being in pain for several days in a row. I don't want to do this for 50 more years. No. I do not want to do this for, fi- I don't want to be 80. I don't want to get that far. And everything I can't gets do this worse for that as you get yeah. older. Like my pain has gotten worse as I've gotten older. I can't, I don't think I could do it. No. Like, I don't think I can the make it. The idea of living 30 more years just to be 60, I can't. No, there are more days than not where I can't get out of bed for like hours because the, my pain is mm-hmm. so intense first thing in the morning, no matter what I do, no matter what, I can't imagine what it's going to be like if I'm like 70. Like already, like if I sleep on like one side for too long, my hip hurts. So yeah. I'm just like, like, I don't want to, it's going to get worse. Yeah. What if it's both hips and I can't switch sides? Welcome to my life. And then if I'm on my back, then my back starts hurting. Let me tell you what, I, I've always had pain, like I said, but only in the last like two years, I've developed sciatica. Oh my God. Some of the worst pain ever. It's like a nerve mm-hmm. that goes and it's feels like a really deep muscular pain, but yeah. that you can't do anything about. Mm. And I don't get the like sharp pain down my whole leg very much, but there are nights where I do. And if I roll over on one side, it feels like someone's stabbing me. It's terrible. And like, that's only been in the last couple of years. And every time I ask somebody, it's like, it's just kind of like happens as you get older. What else is could is going to happen? The most they could do is just be like, I don't know. Have you tried stretching <laughs> with what I've got? Have you tried a coma? Because that's what I would like. I would love one. Where do I sign? Hmm. They should do that. <laughs> you can be induced into a coma. They, you can. It's a medically induced coma. Yes, though that is a thing. I, I don't would, think it's can they, for can us. Can they do that for like vacations? Hey, thanks for listening to the show so far. This episode of 30 Dirty and Dying is almost over, but fear not, there's plenty more to where this came from. You can listen to all of season one on your favorite platform right now, whether you need to catch up on a few episodes you miss or you want to revisit one of your favorites. We got you covered. 
And if you want to know what's coming up soon, make sure you follow us on TikTok and Instagram at 30dirtyanddying. Now, don't go anywhere yet. Don't click off. Show's still going on. We're going to finish strong. Let's get back into it. Any final thoughts, any last words you want people to think about when they think of chronic illness, Crohn's, Courtney Crohn's, Courtney Crohn's? I'm going to start spelling Crohn's with a K. Do it. (gasps) I think mine is just like, you know, be aware that it's not the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody's different and you can't always see what somebody is dealing with, but it doesn't mean it's not there. Just be respectful. Be respectful, and yeah. And that doesn't just go for uh, people with um, chronic illness. It's just, just in be general, respectful to in people. In general, I think this, I mean, this would open up a whole other conversation, but part of chronic illness and chronic stuff is mental health, right? Those mm-hmm. are technically chronic illnesses. Be respectful of that. You might not always see it. It might not always be a physical thing, but usually every, like my mental illnesses and my physical illnesses have overlapping components. Like physical stuff has mental effects. Mental stuff can have physical effects. Only that person knows what they're dealing with. And it's sometimes we don't even know what we're dealing with. Yeah, it's hard to articulate sometimes. So just being respectful and being as open and understanding as possible, but not pushing someone. And don't assume they're not trying. Yeah, that. Here's the thing, too. I'm just going to say this real quick. No, go ahead. Which I think I feel like we've talked about before in another episode, but um, health is not defined by your weight Mm -hmm. because a single person could be healthier than another person, but still be heavier. Yeah. Just because you're small doesn't mean you're healthy. And your weight doesn't like doesn't have to be indicative of every aspect of your health. We've talked about that before, like with the Crohn's thing, your Crohn's wasn't managed and stuff and it was worse than ever. Yeah. But you when were I was visibly healthy. healthier, quote yeah. unquote, like to the naked eye, to someone who didn't know you, they'd be like, oh, she's healthy. And my Crohn's are, my Crohn's are, my Crohn's is. Crohn's. K-Rohn's. K-Rohn's. Um, is managed now. So technically healthier. Right. Um, but physically not. Definitely. I gained too much weight. Yeah. That's something I was like with my asthma. My asthma has not been very well controlled for years. Now it is. Um, it costs a arm and a leg to be controlled, but yeah. it is controlled. And, but on the outside, people are like, oh, well, she's fat and she's not healthy. And that's probably why she has asthma. It's like, no, I've had asthma forever and it's been out of control. It was probably the worst when I was at my thinnest mm-hmm. because it, I wasn't on the right medications. It wasn't controlled enough, whatever. Now it's good. That aspect of my health is as good as it can be, probably. Can I be healthier? Yes. Will losing weight allow me to be healthier? Also, yes. Yeah. Based upon the weight that I am. But it just it just isn't always. It's, it isn't always as it seems. No, and there there might be correlation for some people, but there might not be. And even if there's correlation, there's not always causation. Just mind your business. Yeah, like being overweight doesn't make you doesn't make you automatically have all these things or automatically make them worse. And the assumption of that is everywhere. And it's is, in the general it's public. In the health field. It's in the health field. It's yeah, it's it's just an implicit kind of bias that's there. And it makes me not want to have not want to deal with it because a I don't think there's much they can do for me. And two, I don't want to have to sit there and be like, well, it's probably because you're fat and be like, okay, well, 
tell that to the rest of my life that it's been like this, but okay. Um, and it's not like out of, I, yeah, I could be healthier. I could, and I've said that and I want to be, and I'm doing things to be healthier, but it's not great for people, no matter if you're the doctor or you're just some dude on the street to assume that there is a causation or correlation there. Just fucking don't, maybe. <laughs> just fucking don't. Just fucking don't. Just fucking that's, don't. That's where we're going to go. That's that's how we're ending it. That's the moral of the story. Just fucking don't. Just don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> but thanks for listening. I hope this was a good conversation. I hope it was enriching and maybe relatable for people who are dealing with the same thing or... Um, Eye-opening. Yeah. Maybe it helps you understand your chronically ill friend or family member or partner or whatever. Or a stranger. It can change their life. Our podcast can change their life. If our podcast has changed your life, please tell us that. And I'd like deets. I need to know because I doubt it. It's changed my life. (laughs) Mine too. It's wonderful. And it's going to be wonderful again next week. (laughs) We'll be back. So stick with us, give us ratings, reviews, find us on social media and talk with us and we'll see you next time. Bye.